Welcome to the Anonymous Andrew Podcast. Life and the choices we make. The choices other people make. Join me in Season 1 as we cover topics such as gaslighting, red flags, denial, self-love, addiction, mental illness, and so much more. How do these traits play a role in relationships? How do we avoid them? How do we face them? How do we make better choices to be better humans and better partners in our relationships? Now, on to the show. Hello, Anonymous Andrew here again. Welcome, everybody. Today, we have a special episode. I finally was able to get um, an expert to come on and share his insight into um, all the uh, traits that I've been talking about in the first 13 episodes. So with me tonight, I have David Price. David Price is a certified professional life coach who helps men and women overcome everyday boundaries, holding them back from life they want to live, no matter how helpless or hopeless they feel. So David, would you like to say hello? Andrew, thank you for having me and hello to your uh, your amazing audience. Um, I just want to thank you, Andrew, for sharing your story, for being so open and vulnerable, for helping so many people. And Andrew, I just want to thank your audience for being willing to get help, to seek out help, um, to, you know, to, to do what they can to grow. Um, sometimes just listening to a podcast or, or taking a step seems very small, but man, so um, I'm so impressed with you and your audience and what it is you're trying to create through very, very difficult circumstances. Well, thank you for that. And and this is how I got started in podcasting was five years ago, I was in a relationship, a different one than the one that we're talking about today. And I listened to podcasts because yeah. I I just didn't know where to turn. And I had heard this term podcast and I, I looked at my phone and sure enough, just type in relationship and all these People came up, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it was, and it was wonderful because they had all these topics of, you know, about how to improve your relationship, how to handle breakups, and how all, wonderful, wonderful stuff. And but you know that, and it did help me. But you know, um, I guess as time went on, I, that it, that relationship ended, and then I got into another one, and that's where this story begins. And um, so I met this woman um, two and a half years ago. And, um, you know, in the beginning, it was all uh, match made in heaven and, and the chemistry was all there. And but early on, there were so many red flags that I didn't see at the time. And they they became more and more and more frequent as the relationship went on. But at this point, there was a lot of gaslighting going on, a lot of deception and lying, but I was so mesmerized by her beauty and and I and her youth, even though she was five years younger than me, she didn't look at that. And I, I just was not thinking clearly. So I, I stuck into the, I hung into this relationship for two years, two plus years actually. And um, it took it took a lot of courage to walk away. Um, um, although I'm sure she'll tell you that she's the one that walked away, but it was a more of a mutual <laughs> walk away. 
we both walked right. away. But David, I, I, I've started this podcast to try to understand what what goes on dynamically in a relationship of of this kind, and and this was an abusive relationship, i.e., I being the victim and she being from gaslighting to lying and cheating and manipulating. Um, if I, and and then recently some terms came up that I, as I've been researching things like self love. Um, you know, had I had self-love and self-worth, I would have walked away a long time ago, you know, at, at the first sign of cheating. And I didn't. I stayed. And so what I'm what I'm trying to accomplish with my audience is help others who are stuck in relationships that they half of them wants to stay because they're in love and for whatever reason. And the other half, their gut, their intuition is telling them to walk away and they're um, I, I've been there. I know what it's like, and I just didn't know what to do until until it finally, like a volcano, erupted and and it ended. So, um, your tell t tell us a little bit about your practice or your coaching. Group. Sure, sure. So, um, I think one of the important things I think Andrew to know is that is the perspective that I come to coaching from, and that is as a person who desperately, desperately needed coaching himself. Um, I was uh, at, for most of my adult life, entirely miserable. I felt like a complete failure. I hated myself. I was about a hundred pounds overweight. Um, I slept as late as I could every day. I, you know, self-medicated with, um, you know, TV and other distractions and, I was a miserable, miserable human being. Um, I have been the toxic person in relationships. I have been the victim of toxic people. And I have, as a coach, I have helped many victims of toxic people. So I can see it from all sides. But the most important side that I can see it from is the individual who is struggling just to put one foot in front of the other and not collapse under the weight of their own sense of failure and self-loathing because that's exactly where I was. Mm. Um, and it, it kind of, it kind of came to a head, Andrew, and, and I, I'll tell a little bit about my story, whatever you want to know, I'm happy to share. I don't want sure. to make this all no, about no. me, but, but the, the reason that my story is even important is because it demonstrates that people who are on the brink of absolute collapse can find solutions and come out of it and really be supremely happy, which I am today. And the reason is because um, when I was at my lowest point, uh, so I had a friend, have a friend who had all this together a lot better than I did. And he constantly tried to help me. And as you know, Andrew, you can't help someone who doesn't want help. And he constantly reached out. He constantly tried to give me advice and I just was not interested. And so finally I came to my lowest point and I went to him and I said, do you have a book I can read that will help me get straightened out? And he said immediately, he said, yes, University of Success by Ogmandino, which is a compilation of various authors. Um, I was so desperate that I bought it and I began reading it, completely changed my life. By the second chapter, I was a different person. Um, completely changed my life. The biggest thing that it taught me was that I had the power 
to take responsibility for my life and make of my life what I wanted. I was not a victim. Um, I was not helpless. I had the power to take control. Um, and so I just devoured the book. That book led to a lot of other books. It led to seminars, live events, videos, podcasts. Um, and it led to, at this point, uh, I've spent $40,000 in coaching for myself um, because coaching is tremendously valuable. And so the reason I say all that is because my weight, I lost 100 pounds. I've kept it off for many years. I'm very happy financially. I'm, I'm unbelievably better off. My family is better. Um, my my marriage, my kids. Uh, um, I love my work. Um, I used to be stressed about time. I felt like I didn't have enough time. Now I've got 10 times the things to do every day, but I feel like I have more time than I've ever had. So again, Andrew, the reason I'm saying all that is not to say, hey, look at me. I'm amazing. I'm not. I was as low as a person could be, but because I found the right help, my life completely did a 180. And and what's beautiful about that is, Andrew, that if if it could happen for me, literally, Andrew, it could happen for anybody. I was as down and out. I was as um I was as much a victim as a person could be. And all of that is is different today. And so I say all that to give a tremendous amount of hope to your audience that things can get massively better when you when you take the right steps with the right help. And I think you'd agree with that. Oh, 100 percent. Um, and here's my my conundrum is there are times when we're in the midst of this abusive relationship or toxic relationship and we know it's not good so how how would one let's say one year in you're in love and you've shared holidays together and you've met each other's families and but things start to crumble and you you notice the red flags uh, possible affairs or 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 direct they're lying to you or they're disappearing or they're hiding from and you know that this is not good for you where would one start to pull themselves as if like a, a lifeline like where would or like a reverse life lifeline i guess so yeah I, you turn put it you turn through a book i, I it's funny you mentioned because i read the untethered soul by michael singer yeah, yeah great book sure wonderful book um and that really helped me build a little bit of confidence towards the end but by then it was I, I i had been beaten and worn down so um you, you know i i i'll be honest with you i just learned the term life coach within the last couple of years um i guess mm -hmm. this this kind of practice has been around for a while but it never dawned on me to to reach out now i i go to a 12-step program i run a mood disorder support group and I, I have um, I have a, a therapist. I actually have two therapists, but at the time I had one therapist. I wouldn't know to go to a life coach. So how would right. somebody who's stuck in this in this toxic, abusive relationship, and they know they need to get out, but they don't know 
how? What advice would you give them? Yeah, so there's various ways to take that conversation, and a lot of it sort of depends on the person. You know, a lot of people are unwilling to reach out for help because they don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to admit Right. It's embarrassing. It's mm-hmm. humiliating mm-hmm. for some people to tell another person, look, man, I got nothing and I'm, I'm down and out. And I got, I don't even know how to get out of bed in the morning. That's embarrassing. And it's yeah. humiliating. Now it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be, but it is. And so some people just won't get help. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, so what I would, I would ask you, Andrew, to sort of maybe to address it directly and maybe be sure we're hitting the right pain point. When you knew that you had to get out or that, so let me say it differently. When you knew that you should get out, but you didn't get out, what kept you locked into this person? I can answer that. Um, and it may come across a little shallow. This woman was, um, and, and I haven't really disclosed this, but she was a Miss runner-up in a, in a Miss in the Miss Universe pageant in the country she was from. So just to give you the idea how beautiful she was, she was in a, in a universe pageant and was a runner-up in her country. And right. I I I was with this woman, and I couldn't believe it. I had hit the lottery, and and there was. Besides the deceptions and the lies and all that, there was a very nice side to her, beautiful side to her, charming and generous. And um, the passion and, and the intimacy was, she she knew how to do it. So th- there's an expression that I've been using, stick with the devil you know, right? Because- 100%. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's where I was. I was, I, if I leave this woman- I will never find anybody that looks like her again. I will never find anybody that blah, 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 blah. And so I kept telling myself, this is the best I'm ever going to get, but I need to take the good with the bad, or the bad with the good. And um, that that's what I think kept me in, in the, let's say, one year to 18 months when, when the shit really hit the fan. And... Um, but, but but let me just say that there were a couple of times that we did break up. She she I had questioned her many times on uh, uh, cheating and and there were signs and there were disappearing acts and there were mysterious blah blah blah. And one statement she made to me once when I said to her I I don't think I should tolerate. I tried to establish a boundary. And you know what she said to me? If you don't want to be with me, there are plenty of men waiting to take your place. So she was very good with her words. And she just slapped me right back down because I said, oh, 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 no, no, that's not okay. I'm I'm good. You know, when I heard that, I I was like, no, 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 no. Little did I know that all those other men were probably already in her life. Um, Right. So I think, does that answer your question? Um, I, well, I was... in, a mil- in a million ways. And so you hit several of the things that we deal with, that we have to deal with in coaching, if we're going to get this thing straight. So part of it is your, it seems to me, what I'm hearing is your sense of worth was tied to 
your relationship with her. So if you lose her, so with her, you're up here. Everybody's looking at you going, wow, look at that lucky guy. He must be amazing because he has her. So we're up here. Now, if I lose her, well, it's just sorry, sucky old me again. Yeah. And I don't have any real self-worth. My worth is completely tied up in her. And people do this with a million things. They do it with money. They do it with looks, their own looks. They do it with cars, clothes. So we're not finding our self-worth in ourselves as a being created by God in the image of God, valuable just because you're a human being, if you're never with anybody again. But we don't see ourselves that way. Very few of us do. Um, you talked about words, Andrew, and so you're hearing her words, which you're giving way too much weight to, and you're hearing your own words. I, I think I heard you say, if I let her go, I'll never find anybody again. That's you talking to you. And so what we know is that words are the most powerful energy in the in, on, in the universe, right? So my belief, I'm a Christian, my belief is that God created the universe, as we read in Genesis, with words. Andrew, what did he do? He said, let there be light and there was light. Let there be an expanse and there was expanse. God created with his words. We're made in his image. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Mm. So when we speak or think words, we are creating reality. And when you told yourself, if I lose her, I'll never have anybody else again. That's real for you. It's not real, but it's real for you. And so um, th there's a lot of things going on there. Yeah. Um, so here's here's what, what I do. Here's what I did for me. And here's what I do. So if if I if I can, Andrew, kind of walk you through the, sure. the process, if that's Please. okay. And you stop stop me at any point and well, whatever. Um so it begins with taking 100 percent personal responsibility for your life and everything in it. This is where it started with me. This is where it has to start. Until a person says, I'm in control, there is no hope. With this relationship, Andrew, who was in control? He was. 100%. No, no, no. Well, I, I thought she was. And, right. Right. But right. You ultimately, were giving her control. Right. You were giving away your control. Absolutely. You were, in, you were in control and you gave away your control. So taking 100% responsibility. And so we ask questions like, who am I blaming? What are my excuses? Uh, what are my fears? What are my what ifs? Um, what, what am I complaining about and what am I waiting on? So we ask those questions. And when we do that, we realize that in so many areas of life, we're completely ceding control. The big one for me was I lost my dad when I, I was seven, he was 44. Um, and that Andrew, that was my big go-to excuse for everything that went wrong in my life. I'm a, a boy without a dad. How can I ever be anything? And that was just my go-to excuse. Then I went to a lot of other blaming excuses. So taking 100% responsibility for your life and everything in it, that's where it has to begin. That's not saying you are responsible for everything in your life, but 
you are responsible for how you handle Correct. everything in your life. And so it's the Jack Canfield, what I call the life-changing equation, E plus R equals O. For most people, E equals O. The event equals the outcome. My girlfriend broke up with me. That's a bad event. Therefore, there must be a bad outcome. When in reality, the life-changing equation is E, event, plus R, my response, that's what equals the outcome. So the thing happens. We don't have an outcome yet until I respond to it. Now, my response to it is going to determine the outcome. But Andrew, what that does is put me in charge. I cannot, most of the time, I cannot control the event. What I can control is my response. And that puts me in control of the outcome. So along with that, taking personal responsibility, there's got to be what you've already talked about. There's got to be this... Um, availing ourselves of the empowering knowledge and uh, people that we have in the world. Andrew, today we have more access to empowering content and people than anybody's ever had in the history of the world, right? So you can go on Spotify or whatever, and you can look up relationships, um, personal growth, success, goal achievement, weight loss, whatever you want to look up. And there's a million podcasts yeah. out there. Um, so in one way, what we're dealing with is sort of an overwhelm. My lanes, where do I start? I'm happy to give some suggestions about that. Some things have been really powerful for me. But my point is that with the wealth of books, podcasts, videos, seminars, life coaches, speakers, there are a million people who can pour into your life the affirmation of your empowerment. There's a, there's a great story in the Bible about the Israelites when they were fighting an enemy. And Moses, whenever Moses held his hands up, the Israelites were winning. When he dropped his hands, the Israelites would lose. Well, it's hard to keep your hands up. And at some point, you can't help but drop them. And so two men came alongside Moses and lifted up his hands for him. And to me, that's an amazing picture of, Andrew, what we need in life sometimes we need people to come in and hold up our hands for us because we can't do it. And that's what these books, that's what these podcasts, these coaches, these speakers, that's what they did for me. And what they were pouring into my life was, you think you're helpless, but you're not. You think you have no control, but you do. You think you're a victim, but you aren't. And they were telling me things I'd never heard before. And they were filling me with empowerment that I'd never had before. And so to decide, I have, I have the power to take control of my life. And then to allow people who are positive and powerful to help you really buy into that. That's what I started with. And so that's the that's the, the four pillars I call of this whole thing. That's the first one.
And so the second pillar is the way we talk to ourselves and the thoughts we tell ourselves, right? Which you have already referenced. I, I told myself, if she walks out, I'll never find anybody else. That is untrue, mm -hmm. but it is true for you because it's your self-talk. And so what we work on with what I teach and what I did and what completely changed my life, I have to give credit to David Bayer, who is a life coach, very high-level life coach. Um, he's the one who taught me this, and it changed my life. It's a very practical, very powerful tool. So to write down what we call your limiting beliefs or your negative self-talk, so for me, Andrew, this took an entire page to write down all the negative things I was saying about myself. I wrote them all down in one column. Um, I'm, I can never lose weight because I've tried a million times. Um, I never finish anything I start, um, et cetera, et cetera. I had a whole page. So then next to each of those limiting beliefs, you write a belief that you want to be true. So one of my beliefs was, I never finish anything I start. Next to that limiting belief, I wrote the empowering belief, I am a powerful finisher. That's what I wanted to believe. So next to that, then, we write all the evidence that we can come up with from our life or the life of somebody else to support that empowering belief. Okay, so this is taking positive self-talk a step further. Because if all we do is positive self-talk, I am thin and fit and healthy, and you're 300 pounds and don't get off the couch. Your brain says you're a liar, mm. and I'm not buying it. So, Andrew, what the evidence does, it lends credence and allows your brain to to believe what you're telling yourself about yourself. So the evidence, Andrew, that I listened, some of this is going to sound silly, but the evidence that I listed for finishing what I start, I finished elementary school. I finished middle school. I finished high school and I hated school, brother. Mm. I hated it, but I finished it. Um, I finished, um, um, some other things I, I, I can't even top of my head, but some other things that I started and finished, no matter how goofy they were, I would write them down. All right. So I had all those limiting beliefs, all those empowering beliefs, all of that evidence every morning I would get up and a morning routine, Andrew is so important. Yeah. So powerful as part of my morning routine, I would read all of my limiting beliefs all of my empowering beliefs and all of my evidence. And then throughout the day, I would do what David Bayer calls the work. The work is when the limiting belief would arise as it inevitably does, the limiting belief would arise. I would intentionally connect to it, the empowering belief, and I would connect to it, all of the evidence to support that. So when I was going through my day and I was tempted to get off my diet and I would think I never finish anything I start, 
right next to it now is that empowering belief. And right next to it in my brain is all of that evidence for all of those things that I finished, right? So to to apply it to your situation, Andrew, I would suggest something that you would have done something like this, that one of your limiting beliefs was, if I lose this woman, I will never have another one. So an empowering belief would be, I am able to attract and maintain a beautiful, positive, lifelong relationship. Well, what's the evidence for that? What's the evidence that you could ever attract somebody like that? Well, you would come up with that, but one thing would be, I attracted this one. Right. I mean, good gracious. Oh, and and I had, you know, I've been married for a, officially once in a civil union. Um, I, so I, relationships were never a problem with me. It was right. Stay, yeah, it was staying in them, right. <laughs> keeping them right. alive. Right. So then we would add evidence. You know, what are the things that you've done, Andrew, over your life that you have committed to and stuck with and done over the long term? So you would add all that evidence. And I don't know, it may sound like a laborious process. I don't know how it sounds, but but I did it. And it worked for me and it completely changed my mindset and, and it completely, it did not eradicate because I still have some limiting beliefs, but it, it eradicated the power that limiting beliefs have because in our minds, Andrew, we think, well, it's my thought. I know myself better than anybody. If I think I'm a loser, I'm a loser. And we never stop to think, well, why are my thoughts any better than anybody else's thoughts? My crappy thoughts are, are negative and wrong and false, but we don't tend to think we tend to give our thoughts, all the credit, all the power, all the truth. When science has demonstrated 80% of the time, Andrew, our thoughts are crappy and negative and false anyway. 80%. Mm -hmm. So this is what worked for me. Another thing that worked for me was um, what people call affirmations. I hesitate to call them that. For one thing, a lot of people don't know what they are. For another thing, most people who do know what they are think they're silly. Um, But so an affirmation is simply a, a statement of positive intent. It is what you want in your life stated positively in the present tense. That's all it is. So again, when I was overweight, one of my affirmations I tried was, I am fit and healthy. My brain said, you're a liar. You're almost 300 pounds. So what I practiced was what I call bridge affirmations. A bridge affirmation is something that you can tell yourself that your brain will believe that will get you to, to affirmations down the road. So what I would say to myself was, I am committed to doing what it takes to becoming healthy and fit. So that's a that's a different statement yeah. than I am healthy, but it's a statement that I can say and believe. I am committed to doing what it takes to becoming fit and healthy. I can say that and I can believe that. And that's going to get me down the road to empowering myself to making real change. Does that make sense? You know, David, I, as you as you're explaining this, I, I just wish I knew you a year and a half ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I did many of the things that you had said, you know, go out and do the research, look up relationships and, and do podcasts and do video talks. And, and, but here's the problem. What I did is I did all the, everything you're talking about, except that I would then run to her and share them with her <laughs> instead of, cause I was looking to, she was, she would criticize me many times about that. I wasn't doing from her culture uh, men treat women a certain way and I wasn't treating her the way that she was used to being treated so I was always trying to get better at you know of course but it, but instead what I'm hearing from you now is that I should have taken what I was listening to on podcasts what I was listening to in the books or reading the books I and I journal every night and by the way I used to journal and then I would call her the the next day and go, Hey, you want to hear what I journaled last night? I mean, who does that? <laughs> you know, right. so the, your right. journal is supposed to be private and, and your thoughts. Um, and of course I would write, I'm going to be a better boyfriend tomorrow. And I would read that to her. So she thinks that I'm, I would, I guess that kind of falls into the codependency realm, which we haven't talked about, but um, I, 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 I'm, as you were talking about these positive affirmations, um, it, it brings me back to my 12 step program where we make amends and we write down our defects and our character defects. It's kind of similar. We have to sit down with a pen and pa pen and paper and, and write our character defects, our shortcomings, our resentments. Um, so I'm familiar with that concept of sitting down and writing. Right. So, so you're saying if, if there's something negative that you believe about yourself, like I will never find another woman like her, or I will never be happy as I am today if she leaves me. I, I write that down, and then next to it, I write something to to contradict that. That, that yeah, absolutely. To be the exact opposite. The of exact it. opposite. Okay. Right, and what? And again, what your brain is your brain is going to reject. Your brain is going to say that's ridiculous. It's never going to happen. That's the that's the 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 importance of the evidence. And that's the importance of making it a habit because it's like anything else. This will not change overnight. It's, it's not, you can't, but, but when you do it habitually, consistently over a period of time, then eventually the changes begin to actually to have an effect. Um, it's funny. You were talking about sharing them with her um, on my re most recent uh, group coaching call. I have a couple of groups on one of them. We were talking about, and one of the pillars of life change is a vision, and we'll talk about that in a moment if that's okay with you. Um, but one of my group members asked, what do you do when, for instance, if you're married and you've created your vision, but you're married and your vision may not be their vision, uh, how do you, and that's a brilliant uh, question. Yeah. So, so we talked, we've been a couple of calls. We've been coaching calls, uh, group calls. We've been talking about that. And so one thing that I shared with him among others was exactly what you were just saying. There are people who need to know your vision because they are, they deserve your unconditional attention and service for instance a spouse young children or aging parents 
These are people that you have to take into account. Everybody else is optional. And a lot of people are unwilling to accept that. And, I, you know, I've got grown kids. I know what it's like. But you don't have to incorporate your grown kids' desires for you mm. into your vision. You don't have to incorporate your in-laws or your parents who are healthy and fine. You don't have to give up parts of your dream for these other people. And so what I was sharing with the group was there's one group of people that you have to incorporate. And then there are the other groups of the other people. Most of them, you don't want to share it with them. You don't want to incorporate them in it because most people are either going to fight you because they think they know what's best or they're going to fight you because they want you to stay where you are so you can serve them. Oh. They don't want you to change because when you do, now you're not at their beck and call. You're not giving them money. You're not dropping everything to serve them, right? Mm -hmm. So you're right, Andrew. We do have to be guarded on who we're opening this stuff up to yeah. and who we're sharing this with. Because most people, you know, I'm sure you've heard of crab mentality. If you put one crab in a bucket, he'll crawl out. If you put two crabs in a bucket, one will try to crawl out. The other will grab him and pull him back down. Yeah, wow. And most of us have people in our lives that when we start to make life change, they're going to grab us and pull us back down if we let them because we're serving them and they yeah. don't want us to stop. Yeah. So, yeah. So go ahead. So, so and conversely, I would create a narrative in my head of if we had, let's say, a weekend planned, or even we would sit down and discuss, um, we discussed our future at one point, we, we, we did get engaged, I would create a narrative in my head of how I thought it should go. But I never shared that with her. Now, in a healthy relationship, I could see where that would be a problem. In this relationship, it wouldn't have mattered because she had her own narrative. And she was she had her own little world. But um, I, I, but I'm, I understand. Be careful of who you share what with, with what with whom. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. because it's a struggle enough to overcome our own negativity to create the life we want, and then we're going to add these other people in and put up with their negativity. It just yeah. makes it almost overwhelming. So, um, a few other things we do around mindset. One thing I want to mention: my friend Bart Baggett, who's another one of my coaches uh, years ago. Um, he's got a book called The Magic Question, and um, it's brilliant. And um, so one, you're probably familiar with uh, the reticular activating system in the brain. And so what the reticular activating system does, it's a filter. And your brain takes in, I don't know how much, trillions and trillions and tr bits of information every day. There's no way that your, your mind can deal with all of that. And so the RAS filters what filters out the trivial and only lets through what is important. Here's the key, though. You are the one who determines what's important. 
So this is why we have things like what we call a confirmation bias. People see evidence in the world for what they already believe. I am politically, I am very passionate about my position, my beliefs and views. I don't watch the news, and I don't think anybody should. But when I see things on TV or in the world, what I see confirms what I already believe politically. The other side is doing the same thing. Yeah. And in my head, I'm thinking, why can't they see common sense and reality? The reason is because their brains are filtering out what they don't want to see and giving them what they do want to see. So why is any of this important? So the reason it's important is because we determine what data our brain receives and we've got to we've got to be intentional about that so a person in a negative mindset is going to see what in the world negativity negativity a, a person who thinks he's a loser everything he sees will confirm that he's a loser he will ask himself the question why am i such a loser his brain is just his brain is Google. If you ask Google a question, what's it going to do? Give you the answer. Mm -hmm. When you say to yourself, why am I such a loser? Why can't I find a great relationship? Why don't women find me attractive? Your brain is going to come back with all of the reasons. And it's going to confirm your false negative belief. And so what we've got to do is program the brain to find the evidence for what we want it to find. So that's where the magic question comes in. So magic questions are questions we formulate to help us find in the world what we need. It's a way to use what's called the law of attraction. You will attract into your life what you think about and what you, yeah. uh, what you uh, think, think on. So a magic question would be something like this. Where can I, or how can I quickly, easily, happily, and joyfully find a great, fulfilling relationship? So notice the difference, Andrew, between that question and the question we usually ask ourselves. Why can't I find a good woman? Why can't I find a nice man? Why are all the nice guys taken? Yeah. So immediately that puts us in a space of finding all the wrong answers. Instead of saying, how can I be the sort of person? And normally I, how questions I don't really like very much, but, but so we're asking ourselves, where will I find a happy, fulfilling wonderful relationship that is joyful and peaceful for me. Now, what your brain is doing when you're thinking about it, when you're not thinking about it, your brain is looking out into the world 
and finding the bits and pieces that you need to find. And it, it happens. Oh, I, I hesitate to say this because I, I, I'm not discounting the importance of taking action. <laughs> but this is why he calls it the magic question. It happens almost like magic. Yeah. That things begin to show up in your life when you are properly seeking them and when you're taking action. Um, so I, I have a, a, a family member who on her bucket list, she wants to go to the UK. That's her bucket list item as it is mine. She wants to go to the UK. So she said to me one day, um, I'm just going to stop thinking about it. I'm going to stop talking about it because it's never going to happen. She has four very young children. Three of them have special needs. They, they don't have a tremendous amount of money. So you can imagine, Andrew, a two-week trip to the UK for her is, it looks Imagine, impossible. Yeah, yeah. You got somebody to keep the kids, money. So she said, I'm just going to quit talking about it. I'm just going to put it out of my mind. I, it's not going to happen. I said, listen, stop. It's exactly the opposite of what you need to do. You need to ask the magic questions. You need to dwell on and visualize your goal. You need to talk about it. Talk about, I want to go. I'm, I, I'd love to go. Here's what I, talk about it. A couple of weeks ago, Andrew, somebody came up to her. I'm, I'm getting chills thinking about this. Somebody came up to her and said, I heard you talk about wanting to go to the UK. I will keep your children for two weeks so that you can go to the UK. Also, by talking about it, she attracted somebody into her life who's going to pay for her plane ticket to go to the UK. Why did that happen? And I'm not, look, I, I'm a Christian. I believe in God and God's work, but I'm not a woo-woo mystical, you know. <laughs> why did that happen? Not because of some weird mystical, it happened, Andrew, because She's thinking about it. She's looking into the world for answers. She's talking about it. She and as she's it. putting it out in, yeah, she, yeah, she put it out into the world. And so she connected to an answer and received the answer. That's how it works. But again, and I just want to mention this, and I know we're, we're getting toward the end of our time. I know you got a hard stop. Um, but, I, but I have to say this. Taking action is absolutely essential nothing happens by just sitting on the couch and daydreaming nothing happens by just talking about it so and this gets into the last two pillars um, are designing a vision of your life the way you want it writing it down reading it every day that's pillar two and then a uh, three rather and then pillar four is choosing one aspect of your goal uh, of your vision rather choose the one aspect of it the one thing that if you could accomplish that one goal would have the biggest positive impact on everything else so for some people it's health for some people it's stop drinking for some people it's um, get out of relationship for some people it's make more money whatever so you choose that goal it has to be 
the goal has to be written in proper form, which is specific, measurable, aligned, time-bound. Um, then you have to create an action plan. The action, a lot of people get hung up there. A lot of people never start working on their vision and goals, Andrew, because they get stopped at the how. And they say, I don't know how to do that. And they don't even try. Right. And what I teach is we never, ever worry about how. We never, ever worry about how. Because most people think that what you do is you figure out the how sitting at a desk with a piece of paper. When you get the how figured out, then you go execute this flawless plan. And it never works that way. You come up with the goal, you write the goal out properly, you come up with whatever action you can think of, and you start today. And even if that action is the wrong action, it's going to lead you to the right actions by process of trial and error. It's messy. You know that. Yeah. It's messy. But that's how it works. And so um, sometimes, so some people say, well, I've got my goal. I don't even know what the first step is. The first step can be something as simple as reaching out to somebody who might have an answer and saying, here's what I'm trying to do. Do you know how to do it? Or can you point me to somebody who does? Sometimes it's as simple as that. But that's, that's Andrew, that's how I did it. Um, that's how I came out of the place that I was. That's what I teach the people in my groups. And that's what helps them to, to do the things that, that they want to do. So I know I blew through the last couple of those. I hope, Andrew, that that what I have shared has been what you were looking for. I hope it's been helpful to you. Hope it's been helpful to your audience. Um, and I, whatever you need from me, brother. So go ahead. Yeah. What you, what, no, yeah, I, I, I am mystified. Um, as I said, I wish I knew this. I, I, when I was in the relationship, I wasn't thinking about any of this and and now that i'm uh, and i'm going to do this i'm going to sit down because i still have negative beliefs about um, absolutely i i'm i'm still struggling whether i still do i love myself do i need to love myself before i start dating again i have all these questions but i'm going to take what you said and write all this down and then do the the shift in thinking and 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 um i i i'm i'm loving the idea so um, we're going to put down in the show notes, um, your Facebook, uh, this is where we met on Facebook. So I'll put yep. down your Facebook, uh, information and, um, uh, you, I think you have a website as well. I don't have a website. I think maybe I shared my email with you, Andrew. Did yeah. Okay. So I'll put your email down your Facebook page. Yeah. Um, yeah. Folks, I got to tell you this. This gentleman, um, I, I, this is all. This is my thirteenth or fourteenth episode, and I've had only one or two guests on. But by far, you have helped me see what I was missing all along. It's just a shift in thinking, and um, and I I like your explanation of law of attraction. So, David, is there anything you would like to say before you go? Um, anything you might have left out, or you want to add? Not to? really. I mean, there's a you know a million kind of sort of granular things we could talk about, but you know, Andrew, first of all, thank you. I really appreciate, uh, you know, this is your platform, and you know, you can do whatever you want to with it, and you you chose to ask me on, and 
I'm just super, super grateful for that. I really am. I'm so um, moved and uh, empowered by your example um, and what you've done with your life, Andrew, is phenomenal. What you're doing to help other people is off the charts, beautiful. Um, and I just want to say to those who are listening, you know, obviously, if they want to connect with me, I'm happy to connect and help in whatever way I can. I'd love to connect with anybody. But just to leave this final thought, um, you may well feel like that you are helpless and that your situation is hopeless and there's nowhere to go from here and and you, you're an utter failure and that's all you can be in. There is no person, Andrew, who is listening to our voices, no person who is listening to our voices who is beyond help and getting from where they are to where they want to be if nothing else, and it doesn't have to be me, if nothing else, reach out to some human being virtually or digitally or physically and, and say, I need help. I just need some direction. And life, you know, the universe, as God created the universe to operate, is going to take it from there. So, Andrew, thank you. I uh, hope we stay in contact. And however I can serve or promote you, I will do that. You just let me know. Thank you. And and I would maybe we'll talk about having you come back in the, sure. in the not too distant future and we'll cover some more of this. So because I know you have a lot to, to tell us and to show us. So, David, everybody, David uh, Price, um, certified professional life coach. All the information will be how to contact him in the show notes. David, thank you so much for coming on. It was wonderful to meet you. Thank you, Andrew. You too. God bless. All right.